They are ambitious. They are supporters. They are hustlers. They champion other women. They are boss babes. The Ottawa Valley is full of boss babes, and I'm here to tell you who they are. Hey, it's Holly from OB Boss Babes Podcast, and I am pleased to present the Ottawa Valley Women's Collective, where each week I feature two powerful women from our community to talk about how they are making a difference through community building, women empowerment, business awareness, and volunteerism. Follow along on social media at OB Boss Babes Podcast and see how these female leaders are choosing to challenge. Sponsored in part by OB Boss Babes Podcast, Your TV, the Ottawa Valley Tourist Association, Enterprise Renfrew County, and MyFM. Hello, 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 and welcome to the OB Boss Babes podcast. February is National Canned Food Month, so I thought it was appropriate to feature the woman behind the Little Things Canning Company. What started as a hobby from making dilly beans and pickled beets in her kitchen to selling them on Facebook yard sale sites eventually led her to winning the City of Pembroke's 2017 Win the Space Contest and officially opening her store. She not only offers canned preservatives, but she's also introduced daily lunch specials, homestyle freezer meals, and event catering options, as well as a selection of grocery items from local vendors. Please welcome to the podcast, owner and founder of Little Things Canning Company in downtown Pembroke, Stacey Taylor. Hi, Holly. Thank you so much for having me. Well, I'm happy to have you and I get to know you too more, Stacey. Like, even though I, I pop in and see every now and again, and I just, I'd love to get to know uh to get to know people in the downtown area much better. So let's let's get right into it. Tell me where you're from originally and what made you decide to move to the Ottawa Valley? Um, so I grew up down in Simcoe County. I actually went to high school in Alliston, which is just outside of uh, Bay Borden area. So uh, a lot of our local military people will know that area. Um, I was not a military family. That's just where we lived. And um, yeah, so I was in Simcoe County and I started working uh, on Borden in 2007 as a public servant. Um, and then we ended up, I, I met my current spouse and we ended up getting posted here in 2010. And that's why we came to Pembroke Petawala area. Oh, awesome. So you've been here for a little while then. We have, yeah. So it's funny because uh, we were told, I was told it was our first posting. So I was told it was like a three to five year posting. So I was a little hesitant to set down any roots <laughs> for the first few years. So, you know, I just did my, my little government job and, and tried not to get too, too comfortable. And then about year six, I realized that um, it was not a three year posting and it was maybe time to get a little bit more comfortable in my skin around here and start laying down some roots. So that was when I started uh, looking into the community a little bit more actively. Awesome. Well, we're so happy that you guys stuck around and you haven't gone anywhere. So <laughs> me too. <laughs> so tell me what your background is um, in terms of education and what exactly were you doing before you opened Little Things Canning? Um, so to be perfectly honest, um, education wise, um, I have my high school diploma. I did not pursue post-secondary education after high school. And um, I ended up going right into the workforce at that point in time. I had my first son back in 1998. So I had some time off with him, which was fantastic. And um, I did a lot of jobs that were in the food service industry. So I started out doing a lot of kitchen work. And eventually once my son was old enough for uh, daycare, I ended up working uh, at a ski resort down in Collingwood and we did uh, banquet serving. So I did a lot more front of the house. So banquet serving conferences, 
and eventually in waitressing, which I really enjoyed as well. I love the back of the house. I really enjoyed the front of the house. It kind of was just in my blood at that point in time. And then as time progressed and I realized that working in the hospitality industry with a small child, you don't really have weekends. So it, it really took away some of our family time. I ended up getting applying for a job uh, on the base at the time, a government position. And over took me about a year and a half to actually go through the process because we all know it's not a quick process uh, to work for the government. Um, and then, yeah, we I got a job there in 2007 in Borden. And uh, that's kind of where, where I was. We moved up here. I was able to transfer and I worked on the base here until 2017. So yeah. you have you have this great job on base, you know, you've got everything lined up, you've got weekends off now, you're not hustling, you know, at restaurants and stuff. And then you decide that you want to go into business. But I want to hear about your journey, you know, how you started from canning in your home as a hobby to eventually selling uh, to friends and family and then uh, going into business yourself. Yeah, so so as a mom, and, and I know you're you're probably still starting to discover this because yours yours is quite little, uh, we sometimes tend to lose our identity a little bit and we we do everything for everybody else and we kind of forget what we enjoy and and having those those things in our lives that make us happy. And it kind of dawned on me one day that I really didn't have a lot of hobbies outside of cooking dinner and work and children, right? So um and my grandma, when I was little, she used to can all the time. And she was no longer in a position where she could actually make my pickled carrots for me. So um, she used to make extra ones for me all the time. And I thought one day I was just like, you know what? If grandma can do it, I'm sure I can do this. So I randomly decided to uh, start trying to can in the kitchen at home. And it worked out really great. Um, I made lots of it because if you're going to go big or go home, right? So. Um, I would take some into my friends at work and a couple of them would be like, Hey, I'll buy those off of you. And I was like, really, you're going to pay for my stuff. That's crazy. <laughs> and then eventually a couple of them encouraged me to start selling online. So I went to the local yard sale sites and, uh, just started selling it bits and pieces that way. So that was kind of, kind of my journey into canning. Um, just a, a mom who didn't have enough hobbies and it actually worked out really great for me, um, doing it at home because sometimes we really need that downtime where everyone's not jumping all over us. And, and um, sometimes the smell of vinegar can be extremely overwhelming <laughs> and it tended to keep people out of the kitchen. So, <laughs> so it worked out really great, actually. They got good treats and uh, I got some quiet time. So it was good. Win-win for everybody. That's right. So I know nothing about canning and preserving at all. And I'm, I even hate admitting this, but I do nothing, none of the cooking at home. My husband does all of the cooking. I just do the dishes and stuff. So you can already probably tell I would know nothing about this. So can you tell me as well as our listeners uh, about the process? Um, so the way I can, uh, we do a lot of cold packing. We have a couple of items that we actually cook and then, and then process. Uh, but our uh, beans and asparagus and our, our carrots, we cold pack them. So what that means is we uh, get the vegetables ready. We dress the jars, which means we put the spices or whatever we want to put into them. And then we stuff the vegetables in uh, cold. So we, we don't pre-cook them. Nobody likes, you know, soggy vegetables. And uh, that, that's the real reason I do it is just because texturally it, it works out best in the end. 
And then uh, we mix, mix up our brine and we bring it to a boil and uh, we pour the hot brine over top of the cold vegetables, put the lid on, and then we, we hot water process. So uh, that means we put it into a boiling pot of water and, uh, and then we set the timer and process it for the required amount of time. And then we take it out. And then when you take it out and it starts to cool again, that's when the, um, it acts like a suction and your lids start to snap, which is the most victorious thing in the world to ever hear is when you're canning and your lids start to snap because it means that you did it right. <laughs> so it's kind of fun. <laughs> Little joys. Yeah. How long, how long does the process take? I don't know. It takes until it's done. <laughs> so, um, uh, yeah, I know. Right. Um, so it can take anywhere from an hour to three hours. Uh, sometimes it'll even take us multiple days. In the summertime when pickling cucumbers are in their prime, we try to power through and we'll spend like three or four weeks just doing hundreds of jars of dill pickles so that that'll last us throughout the year. When it comes to things like the carrots, we can do them in smaller batches. So we can do pickled carrots, you know, 12, 24, 36 jars at a time. I like dividing by 12 because that's how many jars come in a flat and it just makes it easy math. Um, we can do those within probably an hour and a half to two hours, depending on whether we have the prep done in advance. Um, sometimes I just like to do a straight day of pickling or canning because we also do the meal prep too. So I try to keep the two separated. Right. So it's, it really, it really depends on what you're doing and what volume you're expecting to get done. Okay, interesting. So four years ago, back in 2017, the city of Pembroke was running their annual Win This Space contest where entrepreneurs could win six months of free rent at one of their locations offered in Pembroke. So when did you decide that I wanted to not just do this as a hobby and you wanted to actually apply to try to win this space? Um, to be honest, I think I was, I was 10 years with the public service at that point, and um, I'd had a lot of personal struggles. We had a lot of, uh, a lot of challenges happening in our, our personal life, and I was starting to find um, the work balance uh, and life balance was, was really stressful, and, and I was, as much as I loved doing what I was doing, I, I had a lot of, um, a lot of challenges happening, and I realized that if I wanted to make a change in my life, I had to pick something that I had power over to change. So a lot of the, the external factors, I couldn't really control the outcome of those. And to be honest, um, my work was the one thing I knew I 100% had control over, whether I chose to stay what I was doing or chose to try to pursue something else. Because if I didn't make the move to make a change, then it wasn't going to happen. Does that make sense? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, so I was, uh, I was on my way into work one day and I heard it on the radio that uh, my, you know, on my FM that uh, the city of Pembroke was running their win the space contest. And I was like, what is that? So I listened to it a little bit closer. I did a little bit of research and uh, I just, I went in and I just honestly flew by the seat of my pants and whipped up kind of a business plan like so it's a very loose business plan that they asked for in the, in the beginning it's like hey what do you think would work and what do you want to do and so i did introduce um you know selling the canned goods and um i realized at that point even as i was filling in the application for the win this space that i was not going to be able to sustain a family on pickles alone at this stage of the game so i i right from the get-go wanted to introduce the grab-and-go lunches 
Um, so those two income streams were a part of the original plan back in January 2017. Okay. Um, so that was that was always a part of it. Did I realize how big it was going to get or, or where it was going to go? Absolutely not. Um, yeah. So that was kind of what what made me want to do that. It was I needed I needed a change, and I felt like if I didn't try, it wasn't going to happen. So. And you were the lucky recipient of the uh, of the city's Win the Space contest. I was. So it was quite an quite an uh, interesting journey for sure. Um, I was able to. They forced me to write a business plan, which is not the funnest thing in the world. Um, but also, in retrospect, was not the scariest thing in the world like I thought it was. Uh, we did some financial planning with uh, with Mike Thompson from Enterprise Renfrew. Nope, sorry, Renfrew County Community Futures. Mm -hmm. um, and we did some work with uh, now Heather Salavera and uh, with the city of Pembroke and uh, Colleen Sadler from Enterprise Renfrew. Uh, so they kind of mentored us and helped get us to a point where we could submit the paperwork that they required. And um, once we got to the finale, we did a, uh, it was kind of like a Dragon's Den presentation at, uh, it was at Jana and Carrie's, and it was really interesting. Um, I did not perform well in public. I get very nervous. I'm much better now, but I used to get, uh, I used to get shaky and sweaty going into staff meetings if I had anything to say. So for me, going into Jan and Carrie's and making a presentation in front of, I don't know, there must have been about 70, 75 people there um, and five judges. Uh, it was a little, more than a little intimidating. So um, definitely some challenges there, but we went in. The key is to give them food. <laughs> <laughs> we gave them samples. We went in, uh, I went in and I did the presentation. Part of my presentation for me, I actually brought a couple of my kids up on stage and uh, a, a really good friend uh, to hold up some hold up some papers and or you know some poster boards as part of the presentation. So having them standing there uh, helped give me the support that I needed to uh, to go ahead and do it, and uh, it worked out really good. I, honest to God, did not expect to win when I was going in. Um, I wanted to, but uh, knowing how my nerves were that day, I did not expect. To win it at all so that's awesome now did you prep by like watching dragon's den or uh or shark tank or anything because that's a lot of the people that go on the show like you can kind of see if they bring kids if they bring um props like that they can give away you know little trinkets of, of their products or like you said food that usually can help win them over so good play on your part yeah so i did watch a little bit of the dragon's den but nothing too too crazy because i figured it was slightly going to be obviously a little bit different and um, so I did do a little bit of prep. I practiced. I, I practiced and practiced my speech and how I wanted it to go. And I've done a couple of other presentations since then. I did the RC100 uh, presentation, I guess it was two last year, two years ago. I can't even remember now. And, uh, and that one, you had to use your prompts on uh, PowerPoint. PowerPoint? Anyway, it was, it was awful. I was on the stage at a festival hall in front of probably 40 people. And I got to my third slide. And I completely blanked out. Like I crashed so hard on the stage and I looked over and uh, Shayla Brecken was one of the judges. Oh, <laughs> and no. all I could think was, if you don't finish this, she is going to be so disappointed in you. <laughs> so, oh, Stacey, so that's so hard. Out, 
it was really hard, but you know what? I just kind of went with it. And uh, actually I ended up winning, uh, it was like a thousand dollar prize for uh, like the audience favorite that night. So it was, <laughs> people like it when you're real, yes. you know, <laughs> everybody falls apart sometimes. So uh, yeah, actually it's, it's pretty interesting doing the presentations, but I've gotten a little bit better at, uh, at public speaking and presenting. Um, but I've decided that, uh, you know, following a script is not my thing. <laughs> so. Yeah, being more relatable and owning it. Good for you. Because obviously, yeah. they love that part of you, too. <laughs> yeah, I guess maybe everybody could relate to it. So who knows? But or they felt sorry for me, one yeah. or the other. <laughs> Either, way. Either way, it worked out, I guess. Well, obviously it worked out great because mm -hmm. Little Things Canning Company was born and you guys opened your doors. But I want to know where did the Little Things in Little Things Canning Company come from? And why did you go with that name instead of something like, I don't know, say Stacy's Canning Company? Okay. I'm not sure if you heard this story from your brother-in-law or not, or your sister. Um, so when we were picking out the name, uh, we were sitting on our couch one day with, with some different friends of ours. and. Um, he, uh, this friend of ours had been encouraging me to, to brand and to market. And this was way before I opened. This was between just randomly selling online and creating like a business page, you know? Um, so he, he was like, well, why do you do, why do you do this? Why, why do you like this? Why do you think, you know, why do you think you should do this as a business? And I said, well, I do it because it's one of the little things in life that I enjoy and I appreciate. And I went back to the, you know, as moms, we sometimes have a hard time finding out what those little things are or discovering or remembering. And for me at that time, this was just one of the little things that I could do uh, to make my soul happy and to kind of keep me happy. So that's where the little things came from because it's the little things in life that, you know, make a big impact. Um, and I will totally tell the story that while we were looking to name it, my husband was adamant that he was, that we should call this business Stacy's Cans. Uh, which I didn't tell him was not the demographic I was specifically looking for. And I thought that would keep me a little bit limited. So uh, I went with Little Things Canning Company instead. Yeah, you might but, have had some disappointed customers that would come right? in and, and, <laughs> and not yeah. get what, uh, not come in and, exactly. and buy what they thought you would be uh, offering. Like, this is not what we thought you were selling, lady. <laughs> Yeah, so that's, uh, that was the two choices. So I just went with the safe one. So yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. Yeah. When you first opened your doors now, were you the only employee? Yeah, I had the thought that I was going to be able to do everything by myself. So I opened up in August of 2017. Uh, because with the window space, I had to be open by a certain time, which I think was like early September. So um, August, we opened and I think by, I think it was the mid, mid August we opened. So by mid September, my son was living at home. Uh, well, he was 19 at the time, I think. I don't know how old he is now. Um, and I was like, hey, buddy, guess what? You're going to have to come in and help me because I can't do this by myself. So I worked about for the first three weeks to a month on my own. And then, uh, and then I started uh, bringing, bringing my kids in to help me a little bit. And then probably within about two months after that, I hired my first employee. So yeah and how many employees do you have now i currently have four employees uh one is pretty much full-time uh, i have a part-time a casual and then i have my student so um she she works when she's home from school 
uh, on holidays and stuff like that. So yeah, so there's five of us if you count me. Awesome. Well, I mean, it is good to expand your team and 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 have that help because as much as you want to be a one man show, or I should say one woman show, right? you can't do it all on your own and you need to have a life too. Yeah. Well, and, and I realized that, that even way at the beginning, I, I was like, you know, if, if I want this to grow and be successful, I needed more people to help me with it because, you know, and even at this point now, like I've had, I've had on or off three to four employees for the past two and a half years. Um, but for me to produce, I need, I need the staff, you know, you, people say, you know, you got to spend money to make money. Well, I need the staff to make the product, to sell the product, to make the money, to pay the bills, to pay the staff, you know, it's that vicious circle of, of awesomeness that comes with entrepreneurship. Um, but yeah, if I didn't have the staff, I wouldn't be able to make the product, um, the way we do. So, and that's a perfect transition into my next question, because for those that might not be aware, you offer so much more than delicious canned goods. Like you guys also, like you said, offer the home cooked freezer meals and grocery items and catering services. And then you also offer daily walk-in lunch specials. And I mean, once COVID restrictions are lifted and the lockdown is over, when we can do that again. Um, but yeah, when did you decide to expand your services to offer more than canned and pickled goods? And like you said, which I didn't actually realize the home cooked freezer meals at the starting. Yeah. So, so we did the freezer meals because it, it, it was a need that was identified in the community is ultimately what it boils down to. And um, we like to feed people. I love to feed people. It's, it sounds really silly, but that is also one of the little things that make me happy is it's good for my soul. When I feed people, I just, it makes me feel good. And um, so, yeah, we started doing that pretty early on in the game. The catering, the catering, we, we really started doing it probably about a year or so in. Um, I think the biggest group that we catered was 240 for one of the base Christmas parties. I think it was Christmas of 2019, um, which was crazy. I'm not sure if I would ever do that number again with no kitchen on site, but uh, it was a really fun time. We, uh, we don't really push the catering huge in a sense of hot meals. Uh, we tend to do a lot more working lunches for some of the local organizations, uh, you know, like school boards, uh, you know, family children's services. We do a lot of those little business lunches, which is great because they're they work really well with our the way our business runs. So we're happy. We're happy doing all the little things. <laughs> That's really good to know, Stacy, because I know for myself, um, I actually didn't know that you offered the catering and like you said, you know, for lunches or, you know, to think of even dinners, because I know uh, a lot of board of directors um, back again before virtual meetings, they were having in-person meetings and a lot of time it was over the dinner hours. And so I know for um, the nonprofit agency that I work at, we were always like, I was always asked to bring in different foods from all over the valley. And I was always like, okay, where can I get catering? And it was always the same places. So that's actually really good to know. And also to touch on too about um, your homestyle freezer meals, what a great alternative to let's say your Michelinas or the Lean Cuisines. So I think what a great service to offer to everybody here in the Valley. Um, yeah, so when it comes to small group catering, uh, pre-COVID, we were doing a lot of little things like, you know, we'd have like a lasagna dinner and a side Caesar salad or, or things like that for groups of 10 or 15, which worked out really well for them and for us as well for execution. Once COVID came along, we started looking at things a little bit more individually focused. Um, so we would do, you know, sandwiches and salads, everything's individually packaged. We started introducing the individual charcuterie grazing boxes, which actually worked out fantastic for small meetings and, 
and things like that once they were allowed to have their distanced groups. Um, heading into Christmas, the individual packaging went really great for, um, for the Christmas parties because you couldn't really have a proper Christmas party. Uh, we did, uh, we did, I think, 100 and 140 of the individual grazing boxes for Miramichi Lodge. It was kind of like a staff appreciation for them because they couldn't, they couldn't really have a celebration. We, we did the same thing for a couple of units up at the hospital. So they, instead of having their, their potlucks, they were coming to us for the individually packaged snacks and treats. So that worked out really great for us. It was a really good, um, a good transition for us. So that was great. Um, when it comes to the homestyle freezer meals and being able to offer that service to the members of our community who need it or, you know, our seniors who are living on their own. And sometimes when you're on your own, it's really hard to get motivated to cook a healthy, balanced dinner. So we cook everything in house. We, we bring the, bring everything in, we make it on site. Um, there's no, you know, we're not, we're not a factory. So in comparison to, you know, like your Michelinas, it's, uh, it's definitely, I like to think of definitely a healthier alternative. Um, it's, it's an option I would much rather see, uh, you know, my parents or my grandparents when they were around uh, being able to take advantage of as opposed to, you know, your Swanton TV dinners or, or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great alternative, like you said, but you were talking about COVID and about how COVID has changed the way that you do things and especially like you said with catering and, and you can't just serve a, a big group of people a lasagna now you have to do it individually but talk about how COVID specifically impacted Little Things Canning Company and the changes that you had to implement into your business. Well with the first shutdown uh, technically we could have stayed open because we were a takeout restaurant. Uh, we chose to close our doors for two months um, to the public. And then what we did was um, my primary staffer, Christine and myself, we, we just went in and we ramped up our weekly freezer menu. So we actually, at that point, I think we offered it two or three different menus a week and we did it on a pre-order and then we did deliveries two or three times a week. So it was literally just the two of us just going in every day and cooking like three meals in two days and then, and then pushing it out and two meals in three days, you know? Um, so we were really, we really ramped up the freezer meals. We, we, we redirected the focus quite drastically uh, to the freezer meals back in March of last year. Um, the lunches at that time, we assumed they were going to be non-existent because there was not a lot open downtown. In hindsight, our banking staff probably could have used some lunches because we do get some regulars uh, from the banks downtown and they were still open. Um, but there was so much unknown at that time that we just wanted to play it safe and try to keep ourselves uh, as safe as we could, as well as try to minimize the risk with customers. You know, and my, my thought at that time was, you know, for selling one or two sandwiches a day, is it worth the potential risk of what we didn't know at the time? So uh, initially that's kind of how things played out. Once we were allowed to, like once everyone started opening up again, we reopened the front. We started focusing on our um, our grab and go lunches. So I mean, we were always takeout, always prepped our lunches in the morning. So it wasn't a huge jump. What we did end up doing was uh, we added ourselves, or we 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 added uh, Valley Eats to our delivery options. So you can we're available for our lunch menu on Valley Eats, and we also streamlined our lunch menu a little bit. I used to just kind of do everything different all the time, uh, do different meals every day, different lunches, different sandwiches. And as fun as it was, and as much as people loved it, 
it actually got to be very stressful trying to figure out what the heck you were going to make the next day um, or, you know, what's going on next week. So we streamlined a little bit. We've got our regular um, sandwiches and um, we kind of put them on a, a decent rotation. Um, and then eventually we added some desserts to the menu. We extended our hours. We started opening at 8 a.m. Uh, Christine likes to bake and I'm a pushover for sweets. <laughs> so I was like, sure, if you want to bake go for it. I don't mind. Uh, so we do the coffee at 8am and we do, she, she started doing some of the baking in house as well. So those are just some things that, you know, were identified uh, that people were looking for and wanting. And uh, we just said, sure, if you want it, we're going to do it. So the fact that you were switching it up daily for your meals, Stacey, I give you credit <laughs> because I already have a hard enough time trying to think of what we're going to have for dinner every night let alone you thinking that for your family and then on top of that for little things canning like what am I going to offer for lunch specials today no that would be yeah. way too much work yeah it started out as really fun and I thought it was like a really quirky awesome way to do things and then eventually it just got exhausting and you know I'd be like oh my god when was the last time we did a Nan Rubin like should we do that again you know you're <laughs> just like uh oh, anymore um so and that was that was another thing and actually that's a staff uh, my staff pushed me to kind of, um, to kind of streamline it a little bit. Um, my staff has some really good, uh, business background and they're, it, it sounds, it sounds like a really weird thing to say some good leadership from my staff, but uh, I really learned a lot from some of the girls that are working for me. So yeah, let's talk about the rest of your team, Christine, uh, Christine, Julia and, and Leah. I want to know about them. Let's, let's toot their horns a bit. Okay, cool. Uh, so I will happily toot their horns. So I'm going to actually go back by the chronological date that they were all introduced uh, into the little things, which will actually put us to Maya, if that's okay. Yeah. Go there. So we'll start with Maya. So last year in the fall, um, I decided to do one of the co-op programs and we brought Maya in from Fellows High School. Uh, she did full-time co-op, which from a business standpoint, I was like, fantastic. I have this student for 30 hours a week, basically, that I don't have to pay. <laughs> so from that standpoint, it was really exciting. Um, and it was interesting because I was kind of curious to see how we would do as a team at the time as a mentor or, you know, uh, to provide that knowledge and that guidance. Uh, I've had my own kids work for me prior to that. And it's not the same thing. No, that doesn't children. count. <laughs> no, it's not. Because they don't listen to mom the same way that someone else's kid listens to mom. Um, and we were really, really fortunate to have Maya come and work with us. She had a very strong uh, culinary background. Her grandma used to run the culinary program at Fellows High School and uh, has passed on a wealth of knowledge uh, to Maya. So she was, um, she was such an asset to us uh, heading into Christmas of last year. And um, she was so good. We, I just kept her on as part-time. Um, so she finished out, well, a little bit of the school year and then obviously COVID hit, uh, but she's still, she's still on the payroll when she's home for holidays. Um, she comes in and works. She helped us at Christmas. She is now up at, um, she's up at a college doing a culinary program. But uh, yeah, I'd have to really, really uh, find a really good candidate, uh, to be honest, to, to do co-op again, because she was, she was that good. And, and, we were so spoiled with her. Um, last year, I'm going to switch over now to uh, to talk a little bit about Christine. Um, so Christine came to start working with me two days a week in January of last week, last year. 
And then once COVID hit, she, uh, she had another job elsewhere. And then when COVID hit, uh, her hours obviously got reduced there. And um, we just ramped her up. We just, I was like, hey, listen, you're awesome. Um, if you're interested and available, I could totally use you every day while we ramp up the freezer meals and just go from there. Um, and she was totally on board for it. Uh, Christine used to own her own business, uh, her own cafe downtown uh, years ago. And she runs, uh, she does her side hustle, which, <laughs> which has always been a side hustle for her. It's not a new thing. Uh, she runs the Hemp Cookie Company. So she actually, um, she bakes in-house uh, with us. And then she just, she mostly markets them uh, at our place. And then a few other places outside of town as well. So she's been, she's been an entrepreneur for quite some time now, years and years. Um, so she, she comes with a lot of knowledge and a lot of background and a lot of drive and a lot of motivation. I have never seen anybody work as hard as this woman. So it is amazing. Um, I also have, uh, Julia who I hired, I guess it was back in the summertime and, uh, the end of the summer, we realized we needed more staff because Christine and I had been having, having gone through COVID and then reopened. And then lunches started really ramping up once we were reopened. So I knew I needed to bring uh, more people in. So I actually, at that time, I interviewed both Julia and Leah. Um, we ended up bringing Julia in. And then um, once Christmas started coming up, I was like, Leah, do you want to come in casual? Because we are, we were just so busy. So, so yeah, so that's kind of, kind of where we're at at this point. And um, yeah, they're great. We really enjoy, it's a great team. I think it's a really great environment. Um, we're really, I like to think we're really supportive of each other. I don't know, maybe that's just, you know, like mom thoughts, right? Maybe it's like, oh, my kids are great. No, <laughs> oh, my staff are lovely. They all love each other. But actually we have a really good team. Um, there's no, no drama, which really was kind of my one requirement. <laughs> I was just like, I just, you know, everybody has their lives and everybody has their, their stuff and we're happy to support each other. Um, but if there's ever any challenges or anything within the team, that's something I, I wanted to be able to talk about. And uh, we've never really had anything major like that. So knock on wood, it's, yeah. been, uh, it's been great. We all get along really, really well. That's good to hear. Oh, I'm so happy to hear that because like, that could be hard, especially with a group of women and not everybody always can see eye to eye and stuff. And especially when you know you're the boss too and you have to set those boundaries and standards and stuff, but that's so good to hear. Yeah, it's, it's funny because uh, having never been in like a leadership position like this, I, uh, I hesitate to say that, you know, I'm the boss because I kind of, I kind of don't feel like I really act like the boss. I'm very open. It's like, you know, if someone has, I tell them, I'm like, if you guys have ideas or things that you think we should try to do or do differently, I'm like, feel free to tell me. It doesn't mean I'm always going to do it, but I'm open to other people's ideas. I, I tend to be pretty fluid with my business plans and the direction of the business because just because I think something is going to work doesn't mean it's, it's going to. And having other people, being open to other people's suggestion, I think is key, is a key to success. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. We'll be right back after we hear from our sponsors. Local is a store located in the heart of downtown Pembroke at 145 Pembroke Street West. They specialize in custom signs, mug textiles, glassware, and more. They are two mill spouse makers that love supporting other local makers and enjoy bringing our community a variety of different gifts, decor, and more. 
Their unique creative retail space has a little something for everyone. Feeling crafty? They've got you. They also offer DIY kits for a variety of projects for your home or a personal gift. Shop online at localpembroke.com or email localorders at hotmail.com with any questions you may have. Hi, and welcome. I'm Jenna Walsh, registered dietitian, certified diabetes educator, and founder of Walsh Nutrition. Being born and raised in Renfrew County, the diverse rural setting has encouraged me to expand my nutritional expertise in most traditional areas such as diabetes and weight management, but also in less traditional areas such as digestive health, pediatric nutrition, and eating disorders. As a mom of three busy young ladies, I get the real life struggles. I know the difference between textbook or ideal beliefs around food versus just trying to get through a week. Whether you are looking to change your weight, build a healthier relationship with food, or manage a chronic illness, come chat to see how I can help you reach your goals. For the month of March, join our partnered Field and Fit three-month course with Byla Studio and earn a 50% discount for a friend. Find me at walshnutrition.ca or on Instagram and Facebook at walsh.nutrition. Hey, it's Erin from Bug and Bean Decor, and you're listening to the OV Boss Babes podcast. So Christine uh, owns the Hemp Cookie Company. Um, but what other what other products do you feature? Uh, when we opened next door, like when we first opened, we had a lot more variety of products, and it wasn't just strictly food focused. So. Uh, when we did our move, I tended to, I kind of downstream, downplayed a little bit and tried to be more focused into food. So right now, the products that we carry in-house, uh, we have the Hemp Cookie Company. We carry the Pickle Vixens. Uh, they've got three types of dips. It's their jalapeno cheddar and their roasted red pepper as well as their dilly dip. Um, we also carry uh, the ketchup product project, sorry. He's got four types of ketchups. Uh, one's a curry, one's a spicy a big habanero, his dill pickle ketchup, which is amazing, and his original as well. He's out of Ottawa. And then we also have the Ottawa Valley Farm to Fork. Um, so those are organic and grass-fed uh, beef. So he has, uh, we, they do a pierogi, they do a, a cheddar pierogi, they do a beef goulash pierogi. Um, they have some really awesome uh, sausage rolls with organic wheat. Uh, that they do and uh, we just brought in their new well it's new to us um, they have a bone broth infused organic grass-fed beef burgers that uh, I know there's a lot of a lot of words in there um, so yeah so we met them uh, through gosh I think it was through a, a program I was on at one point of selling food to Ontario things uh, through Mafra. And um, anyway, that was how I originally heard about their business. And then, yeah, we just kind of met through a couple of different avenues. And, and once I saw what they did, I thought, you know what? Those are, they're all frozen items and they might fit really well with what we have in-house. Um, we are open to bringing in other products. Um, it's hard right now because when you bring in grocery items, you put out a lot of overhead. Um, mm -hmm. So from a cost standpoint, I'm not 100% certain how comfortable I am putting putting out a lot of money if I'm not sure if it's going to be a product that's, that's going to sell. So I like to play things a little bit safe sometimes. Um, so yeah, so right now we're, we're kind of content with our four 
four different products in-house, um, but you never know, it could change. We've had different products in the past and we did it on like an exchange system sort of. I mean, we obviously paid and billed each other wholesale prices, but um, I was putting my product into uh, Board and Saucy up in Petawawa and then they would bring their product and we would carry theirs and, and then they would carry mine, which worked out great. Um, but then I struggle sometimes keeping up with demand. There's only four or five of us that are working. So yeah, it's definitely an interesting uh, juggling act sometimes. Yeah, you definitely have your plate full. And on top of everything too, Stacey, you're also the vice chair of the PBIA board of directors. And I just thought when I when I read that, I thought what a great representation of the downtown core from someone who's actually a business owner in the downtown area. Yeah, it, it's interesting. I've actually kind of wanted to be involved in the PBIA since I started. And gosh, I think it's almost almost two years, year and a half now that uh, that I've been on the board. And then I've been vice chair now for, for just a few months, maybe six months. I can't, there's no concept of time happening right now. So <laughs> I don't know, something like six months or a year. Um, but yeah, it's it, I really like being involved in it. I Not necessarily just being involved in decision-making. Um, part of my challenge in my previous employment was I, I struggled with not being in a position to affect change. And when the position came up on the PBIA board, I was like, okay, well, maybe, maybe I can help promote the downtown. Maybe I can help affect some change in some of the perceptions of what the downtown is like, or, you know, just try to make some change to be a positive change in the world. Right. So that was really part of my motivation with that was, was to see if, if I could bring some of at the time, my, well, I do still have some, but my fresh energy, um, and just try to try to help, help, you know, make a change in, in the way things were working. And I think that the board that we have is, is very motivated to, um, to improve the downtown. We have a really great team on the board and, um, yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's fun. I, I really do enjoy, enjoy it. So hopefully, hopefully it, it, it works for everybody, but yeah, you know, it seems to be because the downtown area is thriving and I think it's it's a combination of so many things. It's from all the stores that are downtown, it's from all the promotion, Bethia uh, at PBIA is doing just a phenomenal job helping to bring more awareness as well through social media and downtown Pembroke is where everybody wants to be. And I think it's great to have, like I said, great representation on the board as well. Thank you. Yeah, I think I think the downtown's really grown in the last two years. Um, I think that I was very fortunate to have the opportunity that I did to open a business at the time that I did because it was really just starting to ramp up. And since I was there, I've been I've been able to kind of watch all these other new, awesome, diverse businesses kind of come in and and uh, make the downtown as beautiful as it is and and as successful as it is. You know, COVID notwithstanding but mm -hmm. um yeah it's a really great place to be for sure and you're also a, a wonderful community supporter Stacey as you host your annual Christmas dinner sponsorship program uh last year I believe you partnered with Family Children's Services and then uh because of COVID you also added a Mother's Day and Thanksgiving sponsorship program so can you talk about what exactly the sponsorship program is and why you decided to start it so it's really, really interesting. The first year, uh, when, like I said, the first year I opened, I had done the, the Thanksgiving dinner and then I was, I was doing a Christmas dinner. And my, the very first year I had a couple customers who, who really wanted to sponsor someone or sponsor some meals. And I'm like, I don't really know how to do that. <laughs> I was kind of like, I don't know how to match you up. And I didn't think I had the time to figure out who needed it and who, who wanted to sponsor. 
it was a little of an over a little bit of an overwhelming uh, concept in uh, winter of 2017. And then the following year, um, I was kind of like, okay, you know what? People want to do this. I've had a few more people from the community who wanted to um, help pay for meals for other people. And then I just kind of I wing it a lot. So it just kind of was like, hey guys, who wants to buy meals for people? And then <laughs> and then I was all of a sudden like, oh gosh, where are we going to donate these? <laughs> so the first year was really disorganized. Uh, but we were still able to uh, to be able to create, I can't even remember the number of the first year, um, some meals and send them out. And uh, we were, we've, so far in the past three years, we've been able to um, support The Grind, Boys and Girls Club, Bernadette McCann House, I mean, so many, so many places, Family and Children's Services, uh, Women's Sexual Assault Center. And there was another one this year, but I can't for the life of me think of it. Um, but yeah, we did, we did all these things. And um, by the second year, we, um, I realized I'm not technically allowed to have volunteers in my kitchen just for liability and insurance purposes. Right. So we were fortunate enough the last two Christmases to be able to use the Wesley United Church uh, over by the courthouse. And then uh, we started this year, we kind of focused a little bit on, uh, a little bit more on donations. And, you know, we have a lot of individuals in the community who want to donate funds, which is great. So we put that to the side and then we kind of allocate that towards packaging. Packaging is a is the scary monster that no one ever really thinks about is costing, but uh, surprisingly, it costs a lot of money to put things in packages. Um, so you know, we we use the money for packaging, products, all of those things, and we had uh, two super generous donations this year from Sleepwell, uh, who has actually sponsored us. I think this was the third year sponsoring, but this year uh, they donated five hundred dollars, as well as Bob's Music. She, um, Robbie, she donated. Um, $500 for Christmas and I feel like she did the same thing at Thanksgiving because I don't have it in front of me but she's uh, Bob's music has been uh, super super supportive of the program this year so so that's really great um, and then we were approached this year by family and children's services um, who wanted to be able to put together um, some family meals for some of their some of their clientele and uh, we ended up doing um, I think we did 60 family meals uh, with them this year and uh, next year we'll, we'll probably try to do a little bit more uh, so we'll be looking for other uh, I'll be if, if I'm a part of it next year I'll be looking for other businesses to assist in the execution of it uh, it was it was kind of a kind of a lot for me heading into Christmas um, but it was a really great program and um, you know they did a really good job of it and it's just the more many hands make light work right so uh, so that was really fun to be able to, to do that. And that was uh, done on a donation basis. So when it came to family and children's services, they actually had like the products donated, like the turkeys were dropped off and, and all of those things. Yeah. So, so all in this Christmas, we did, um, we did 170 individual meals uh, on our own. We did those in-house uh, to be donated out. And then we did the 60 family meals with family and children's services. So that put our individual meal tally for the last, like since we started doing it, um, I think close to 600, close to 600 meals uh, since we started, individual meals since we started. So it's been pretty fun. It's been, it makes me feel good. I, I know that sounds, you know, very self-serving in a sense, but um, I know that there are people uh, in the community who, who need the help and, you know, it's, it's not necessarily, um, help that you need all the time but when there are resources available in the community they're there for a reason um and you know i've been in a position in in my life where where i've had to use a community resource and i was super grateful for that and um it really helps to uh, redirect me at that time so 
uh, whenever I have the chance, I try to try to give back and and help promote those those organizations and, and things as well. Just because I firmly believe that if you're if you're in a position where people are listening to you, you you need to make sure that you're spreading kindness and and putting out a good message. So. Oh, well said, Stacey. And, and speaking of community support, I want to kind of turn it on you now and hear about how the community supported you during this crazy year it's been. Um, and I also want to bring to light one of the posts that uh, I read on your social media page uh, that you had posted during the initial lo uh, lockdown. And I'd like to quote you because I feel that people could really hear this again. So you had said, social distancing and self-isolation doesn't mean we can't still be a community. Take care of each other. We will get through it. We will get through this together. And I thought when I read that, I thought, oh my gosh, that's so true. And we need that more than ever right now. So let's talk about how the community has supported Little Things Canning Company. Um, so the community support COVID uh, has actually been been pretty amazing. I mean, we we had a pretty decent clientele heading into it, and I really didn't think it could get much much bigger or better, but. Once everything started shutting down and we ramped up the freezer meals and started doing the delivery services, uh, we, we really noticed a, an increase of purchasing and an increase of clients. Like we had a whole bunch of different people that we had never seen before. So we were really fortunate to be able to provide that service of, of getting meals out uh, to people who couldn't necessarily leave their houses a whole lot at the time. We also actually, we also introduced uh, fresh salads at the time too, because I was worried that people weren't eating fresh veggies. So, <laughs> so we did the freezer meals and fresh salads. So like a true, <laughs> like a true mom. <laughs> that's right. That's right. You're not getting enough vegetables. Buy some salads. Um, so, so it's been really good. It's been really good that way. Um, once things opened up again, like our lunch, our lunch crowd just increased monumentally. Like it, it was really unexpected um it's funny when you're when, you, when you're at a place where you think that things are really great and then all of a sudden you get this this wave this wave of support of people shopping and eating and you know liking your page and sharing your posts and and all of those things it just it just kind of blows you away a little bit when you're not really expecting it so uh for us that's uh that's a huge thing you know people you know loving the baked goods we don't do a broad range of baked goods, um, but people loving those salty caramel brownies, people wanting the scone. So supporting the new initiatives and the new the new things that we're just trying uh, to do as well, just to make it a little bit more interesting and fun. So yeah, and we really all great. and we all have to eat. <laughs> That's right. Everyone's got to eat. <laughs> Absolutely. And not everyone likes to cook, right, Holly? That's right. <laughs> I can definitely vouch for that. <laughs> so there you go. So there you go. Yeah, it works out really great for me when people are not uh, not huge fans of cooking. So <laughs> yeah, people like me definitely want to take advantage of that for sure. <laughs> so let's take this to a positive note then, Stacey. So in May, you're going to be celebrating four years in business, which can you believe it's been that long already? Yeah, no, it's crazy. Uh, yeah, in May, it'll be four years since I won the Win the Space Contest. So that's, yeah, absolutely that's crazy. awesome. So what's one of the biggest takeaways you've gained from turning your passion, you know, to think that you were just pickling um, canned goods, you know, in your house to now turning your passion from a, and a hobby into a full-time business? Um, my, one of my biggest takeaways, I guess, I guess it's, uh, don't be afraid to follow your dream. I know it sounds really hokey and like way overset at this stage of the world, you know, uh, you know, follow your dream and do it. But honestly, um, what have you got to lose? I mean, really, if you, 
if there's something that you love and something that you think that you can do in, in the world to make, to, to not only make, you know, the world a better place, I guess, or just, you know, to make yourself happy, just, just do it. Just try to do it. Life is way too short. And, um, you know, we're not really just here, put here to, you know, work nine to five and, and pay the bills and just go through the motions of life. You're here to enjoy it. So if there's something that you should be doing uh, or feel that you should be doing, that's going to help complete the way that your soul is feeling, then I think you should just give it a try. And, you know, what's the worst that's going to happen? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I guess there's terrible things that could happen, but <laughs> I don't yeah, know. Like COVID. But, like COVID. <laughs> but honestly, I, but honestly, like even, even with COVID, I'm like, I'll be honest, like I am still happier. <laughs> I am still happier running my business and doing my thing uh, than than I had been the last the last few years in my previous uh, my previous job. So um, you know, even with all of the challenges of of the world that we're in, um, you know, I still I still love it. I do. I mean, there's days right now. I did a video the other day that you know I was pretty tired sometimes, and you don't you don't really want to get up and do things. But um, but even on even on the worst days, it's still pretty darn good. So. Awesome. Oh, that's so good to hear. Well, Stacey, we made it through the interview. I know I'm not a panel of Dragon's Den people, but you did it without a sweat. You know, you, you made it through and now I see why you won the Win the Space. <laughs> I like to talk, so sometimes it works in my favor. <laughs> well, that's something we have in common. <laughs> yeah, yes, absolutely. Well, let's now we're going to move into my rapid 10. So we're just going to get right into it. So what's one vegetable you won't eat? Oh, my God. One vegetable I won't eat? I don't know. I don't really like eggplant. I should answer these faster, right? <laughs> eggplant. <laughs> no, all good. Eggplant. You offer keto options. We did a little bit at one point, uh, we would sub in, you know, cauliflower rice for regular rice. Uh, we don't really do it as a regular thing. How long will a jar of canned food keep before it expires? It depends whether you've opened it or not. <laughs> on the shelf at home, it'll last quite some time. We put a one year expiry date on it, but realistically, you could probably leave it on your shelves a lot longer if you haven't opened it. Once you have it open, I usually say a few months, but it never lasts that long because it's delicious. So. What's your opinion of meat in a can like spam? <laughs> no, <laughs> the, the only meat that should be in a can is tuna. <laughs> I agree. Oh, yeah. It's monster, it's monster muffin Monday instead of monster muffin Friday. What flavor is your favorite? Um, I like her, the peanut butter jam jam. Those are Christine's creation, uh, the monster muffins, but I do like the peanut butter jam ones, which are pretty delicious. Chocolate raspberry is a close second. What is pickling salt and why should you use that over regular table salt? Because the recipe tells me to. <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> Done. <laughs> <laughs> which freezer meal is the most popular? Our beef lasagna. Yeah, people love it. Do you plan out your meals at home from like Sunday to Saturday? Absolutely not. No. <laughs> Some days I'll plan it in the morning and it'll change five times before I get home and we have dinner. Sometimes I'll have a great dinner planned and we'll end up eating a leftover sandwich and a salad. 
<laughs> you have enough on your plate as it is yeah. pun no. intended exactly <laughs> what's on the menu this week um that's a great question. Uh, freezer menu, I think we're going to do a sweet and sour chicken this week. And I feel like we said we were going to do a roast pork dish. There's two other ones, but I have no idea what they are right now. Yeah, I put you on the spot there. At least you still yeah. remember two of them. <laughs> yeah. And what's one local business that you think everybody should know about? Um, well, I think that uh, everybody should take a chance to kind of check out the downtown. So this is this is my PBIA Stacy talking here. I think that the downtown really has a lot to offer and there's a lot of variety and some really great restaurants and retail stores uh, down there. So if you haven't been downtown in a long time and you, you think it's not beautiful, you should go check it out. Um, just outside of downtown, I have to say one of my go-to places uh, for a quick, I call it breakfast on the go. Um, I, I always stop uh, at Khaleesi's on uh, the corner of Isabella and I can't think of the name of the other road. Um, they make amazing danishes and I love their almond croissants and their little mousse cups. So pretty much anything sweet and delicious. And uh, oh, they also make awesome pretzel buns, which aren't sweet and delicious, but still delicious. So I think that they are definitely worth checking out. Great shout out. That's awesome. Well, Stacey, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. I really appreciate it. And I'm so excited for people to get to know more about the little things about Little Things Canning Company. Well, thanks for having me on, Holly. This has been really fun. Yeah, it has been fun. So tell everyone where they can find you both in person uh, and on social media, how they can place an order. Um, and if you guys are offering curbside pickup, I know I'm feeling like throwing a lot of things at you. So <laughs> Uh, so we're located at 100 Pembroke Street West. So that's right on the corner of Pembroke Street and Church Street. So right across from the Scotiabank. Uh, you can find us on social media. We have our Facebook page, uh, Little Things Canning Company. And Instagram, I believe, is Little Things underscore, can underscore Canning. Um, so if you follow us on there. We also have our website, which is littlethingscanning.com. And we've just launched a new a new platform for ordering uh, ordering uh, freezer meals as well as our grocery items, and uh, it's super easy and it's a fabulous platform. We're really enjoying it. Uh, so if you just go to our website and check it out, you can see what we have available, and you can just place your orders that way. Perfect. Well, guys, thank you all for tuning in today. Remember to please continue supporting local businesses to help our businesses survive. Guys, we will see us next week. I'll be back on Monday. Thanks for tuning in. This week's podcast episode is sponsored by the Ottawa Valley Women's Collective. Follow along on social media as we count down to International Women's Day, Walsh Nutrition, knowledgeable expertise for wholehearted living, and local. Shop, support, create.